Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Vagicine Podcast. So just putting this at the beginning before we get into the show, make sure that you follow the Vagicine Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Vagisteme. Send your questions, um, send your requests, send your show ideas to Vagisteme at gmail.com. Make sure that you follow the podcast, you comment on the podcast, you rate the podcast, because the more you do that, the more that folks are able to find the show. Share the podcast when you're listening to it using hashtag Vagisteme and hashtag Podden. Subscribe to the podcast so you know when the episodes are dropping, and you can do that on basically any platform that you listening listen to. Also, you can contribute to the podcast in so many ways. So the ways that I just described, following on social media, telling a friend or 10 of them to follow and listen to the podcast, invite me out to an event. I am down for traveling. I love to travel. Y'all know this. And I love coming to spread the courageous conversations. So get in touch with me. Let's do the thing. Make sure you rate and comment. I want to know what you think about the podcast. And again, super duper duper important. I hope you enjoyed the show. Today we are on with Rob from the Inner Ho Uprising podcast, which is an amazing podcast. Check it out. And I hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Hey, hey, welcome to the Vagicine Podcast. It's Vanessa here, and you know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. And today, we are talking with Rob, one of the co-hosts of the Inner Ho Uprising Podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And Rob is an educator on non-binary identities, and today we are talking about being a gender. So Rob, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being on and, and like volunteering to teach us the things because, you know, it's not it's not it's not folks from the community's job to tell us, you know, everything. But we appreciate your time and your attention you. and all of those things. So thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. So before we get into it, can you tell us about yourself what do you do? Why are you here? Tell us about it. Tell tell us about you. So my name is Rob. <laughs> um, I'm an agender, pansexual feminist. Okay, now. Fatty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my intro is my favorite thing to say about myself. So I'm also Felista. I'm a soldier, and I am a firefighter candidate. I'm doing a whole lot of shit. Um, but yeah, then I also take time out to tell people about non-binary identities, agender things, just trying to educate the people. I like that. Thank. Wait, did you say you're a cop, a soldier, and a firefighter ca- candidate? Oh, I, I never said I was a cop. Sorry, it cut out a little bit. I'm sorry. What was the first one? I'm so I'm a sorry. barista. A <laughs> okay, yeah. Barista is different. Than, my bad. Woo, my bad. I don't... <laughs> You were like, excuse me? Excuse- <laughs> you scared me. I didn't want the people to think I was a five. Oh my gosh. Barista. Okay, got that. Awesome, awesome. So when I posted this up on 
Instagram. I think for me, I was just, just super interested in just having someone who identifies as agender on the show because one personally, um, I'm a sexual health educator. So a lot of my job and what I go out and do is I teach and train people, um, you know, across the lifespan on, you know, having various conversations, doing a lot of 100 level work. And so something that always comes up and I just did a training on creating safer spaces for, for folks who are part of the LGBTQIA plus community and, you know, working with people who are youth providers and something that always comes up without a doubt after I'm like done breaking everything down is like people not understanding like asexuality, anything that has an A in it, a gender, people who are <laughs> queer, people who are non-binary and P and just like, and just not even understanding the difference between sex, gender and sexual orientation. And so for me, of course, like I train on this stuff, I educate on this stuff, but I'm also always curious to expand my, you know, understanding and knowledge, but people, I just feel like are just not on it. Like, I think I talked about this with a group of folks I went out with the other day and they were like, wait, if someone's a gender, then they can't what? Uh, uh. So <laughs> how do you define, um, a gender being a gender? Um, so I define it as like genderless. Um, mm. not identifying with any gender lacking gender. It's not like I don't have a gender identity, it's that my gender identity is that I am a gender. Mm, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so I just don't, I've never identified as a woman, even though I'm biologically female, I've never identified as a man, I've always just kind of existed, and I wouldn't say somewhere in between, mm -hmm. I just didn't fit in either or, but I haven't, I never found another word that describes me accurately. So interesting. And so I like how you picked up on a few words there that I think we're going to have to clarify for people. So the way that I like to describe the difference between sex, gender and sexual orientation and, you know, feel free to correct me or add on. So I like to, to keep it simple. I tell people like sex is between the legs. It's the body parts, just chromosomes, the things that we are born with. And then we have gender which is, I like to say it's in the brain and in the heart. It's like how I feel about myself. And then sexual orientation yeah. is, I like to say it's between hearts. Like it's who I like. And so, yeah. which is also different from what I like in the bedroom, which people can't, <laughs> can't ever like distinguish between. They're like, but if you are these things and you must like these, it's not, it's not, they're all separate. So I like to tell people, keep those three categories separate as we're, having these conversations. What do you think? Yes, please. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, your sexual orientation does not have anything to do with your gender identity, except in maybe the way that you identify your sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. Like if you identify as a woman and you like other women, then you can say I'm a lesbian. However, it doesn't, it doesn't change, you know, the core value of who you are and who you like. Oh my God, these fucking girls. There goes your dog. <laughs> So as so I like how you said like you don't quite fit in the middle and you've never identified as either or I guess I'm curious to know like 
when so when you are in the world do you just say like i'm rob i am who i am like is that is that how you knew like did you know about a gender identities before you started like finding the language for it or has it always just been like look i am who i am like being a woman being a man whatever like i i'm just me i mean so basically how the journey was was mm-hmm. as a kid i knew that i wasn't a girl Mm. But I didn't. I didn't want to be a boy. However, I did. <laughs> yeah. I did wear my brother's clothes a lot, mm. like a lot. Um, I probably wore their clothes because um, I have two older brothers, and I probably wore their clothes up until maybe tenth grade. Oh wow! So I would go back and forth though. So I would wear tight clothes, and then I'd wear very, very baggy clothes because you know I'm like 27. So you know, in <laughs> high school, my clothes were real fucking big. Um, <laughs> However, I did still like boys. Mm. I like women and men. Mm. So I was confused. And I'm like, what does that mean for me? Does that make me, because I'm so masculine and I like women, does that mean I actually don't like men and I'm a lesbian? Mm. I didn't understand that, as I said, my sexual orientation didn't really have much to do with my gender identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because just because I'm a masculine presenting person doesn't mean that I'm a lesbian because not all lesbians are masculine presenting. That's true. So, true. and I wasn't, a, I just wasn't a lesbian. I just, I just wasn't a lesbian. <laughs> um, I didn't have the language for it mm-hmm. until maybe around 2014, 15. I, at first in 2014, I began calling myself a dro- androgynous, even though that didn't really fit. Mm. Because for me, androgyny is more of a gender kind of, a gender expression mm. more than it's an identity. Right. For me personally, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't sit right in my soul because I didn't feel like I had qualities. Like I have qualities that are both masculine and feminine, but I don't have, I don't, never felt like I have qualities that are both men and women that can be combined and mixed. It didn't feel good to me. Right. Like the word bisexual never felt good to me either. I don't identify as a bisexual. Mm. And, um, I just began going back and forth with terms, non-binary, genderqueer, and then I came again across agender, and that was just what stuck. It's the only label, I guess, that I can use to accurately explain how I really feel. Yeah. But when I'm in the world, I I mean, I'm very, like, passing. Like, I, I look, I present as a woman for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like when people do meet me and talk to me, they either realize that my gender identity is not of a woman or they assume that I'm gay, mm. of a gay woman. I've been called a lesbian so many times that I'm like, I have a boyfriend. But it <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. But I do wear like they down necklaces. So uh, people do pick that up and they're like, okay, cool. You're, you're going out there, they them. But for the most part, you know, not at work, but like in the military and in spaces where it just doesn't feel like I have to put myself out there. Mm. I do kind of float around as a woman. And I mean, it is what it is because that's how society sees you no matter what I do. There's nothing I can really do. Even if I were to transition, more than likely, there's a good chance that people will still see me as a woman. That's so interesting. So it sounds like for me, like a couple of things are coming up. Like, you have the whole, the social aspect. Like, how is it being in the military and, you know, identifying? Because 
I feel like the perception that we have about the military is that it's very closed off, it's very strict, and, like, we ain't doing all that stuff. Like, you just got to come with it. You are who you, like, just who are you? Like, are you a man? Are you a woman? And that's it. So how do you navigate those spaces? I mean, I, I, the navigation is hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I, I just, I just, I don't tell anybody my business. Yeah. Um, I feel like my gender identity doesn't make a difference in what I do. Because mm. there's only two kinds of bathrooms. They don't got no gender neutral bathroom, so I'm going to use the bathroom that women go to. Right. Because I do have a vagina. Um, and it's not like that would be okay if I were to go to a male's bathroom. And not that I ever in a million years want to do that, but it just doesn't, there's, there's no place for non binariness in the military mm. besides amongst your friends. Everything in the military is binary 100%. And for me to come out would be me having to educate some very uh, dense people mm. and then me also, you know, having people who are ignorant and also refuse to listen and who are extremely transphobic thinking that, okay, well, if you're transgender, then you must be either male to female or female to male and I hate trans people and then I'm unsafe. <laughs> now I'm in a, a, a hostile situation because right. I'm surrounded by people who don't even understand my gender identity, which it doesn't make it better right that, oh i'm agender so i'm safe i'm not one of those kind of transgender people right. that's not the case we're all unsafe wow so when you say non-binary the binary is just for you know just for the 100 level we are talking about either fitting into the box of being a man or a woman and nothing nothing in between nothing blurry and then when you consider or you say I'm non-binary, I don't like you're saying I'm beyond that or I'm not even I'm not even with those two boxes. Is that is precisely okay. non-binary just literally means not of the binary. Boom. So, <laughs> with people who like would say that they are non-binary, they can be a plethora of things. Mm-hmm. Um, non-binary can be that they're transmasculine, they're transfeminine, but they don't identify as a man or a woman still. Um, that can mean that they're genderqueer, that they're trigender, bigender, all these different kinds of words that just say, I'm not of the man-woman binary. <laughs> right. so I'm just not there. a person could be non-binary, but um, a non-binary person isn't uh, typically, I mean, isn't necessarily agender. Okay, wait. Hold up. Agender, being agender means you're no, you're no longer in that binary. If right. you're not a man or a woman, you're completely out of the binary. So right. you're non-binary. Got it. But okay. if you're non-binary, it doesn't make you agender because you can still have a gender identity. It's just not one that is of the binary. Ooh. Ooh. Wait. Okay. Okay. I'm going I'm going to have to sit on that one. <laughs> I never looked at it the other way, though. Like, I understand what you're telling me, but then I'm like, wait, if I'm not of the... If I, shit. Okay. You see the calculations I'm doing in my brain right now? Okay, so we got... Okay, so you said... Say the, say the second yeah. part one more you time. To, do you want me to rephrase it like with fruit? Yeah. Okay, you Go want me to just rephrase it again? I like it. No, I like, I like where we're going here. I'm just... It's going to come to me at like 1 a.m. And then I'm going to be like, duh, this is the easiest thing. But I'm being really <laughs> dense right now. Go for it. Okay, so just one more time. Okay. Being a gender 
does make you non-binary. Right, right. You are no longer of the binary. Right. But just because you are a, you identify as a non-binary person doesn't make you agender because you may still have a gender identity that is maybe transmasculine, transfeminine, genderqueer, trigender, quadgender. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You're okay. Okay. Got it. It's just not the two, but I can be anything that doesn't, that, that can just, that literally does not include the two. Yes. Got it. like the umbrella. You have the transgender umbrella and then there's a little other umbrella under that, which is non-binary and agender is under there, but you can't, they're not interchangeable. Gotcha. Shit. Okay. (laughs) I I like the umbrellas. I like the... (laughs) <laughs> I like to write shit down. I'm a visual person, but I got it. Okay, it makes sense. It makes sense. So, <laughs> thank you for walking me through that. I was like, wait, what? What do you it's mean? Okay. What do you I mean? I do this all the time. Every time I try to explain myself. <laughs> so, in saying that you that yeah that you do explain yourself, like. How is it with talking about it with family or friends? And I mean, I personally hate the term coming out and feeling like you have to do this and feeling like you have to explain who you are to folks. But how has this process been? Because I feel like agender has been it's it's relatively new for a lot of people, like as far as having the vocabulary for it. So how does that go for you? So, I mean, Honestly, I don't feel the need to, like, come out to people. Mm. I just kind of present myself as I am. Hi, my name is Rob. People are like, Rob. I'm like, yes, Rob. What's Rob short for? It's not short for anything. <laughs> um, that's a lot of my conversations with people that I don't know. Is me just saying that and then them going like, okay. Um, but with, like, family my family calls me by the name that my mother gave me for the most part mm-hmm. or a variation of. Mm-hmm. I never really came out to my family, but I don't think that, I don't think, for me, my gender identity doesn't deserve like a coming out. Yeah. Because this is how I've always been. And they they know me as just a, a different kind of person. Mm. I think that if I were to ask them, they'd probably say, you know, uh, they they never really presented as a woman, mm. even though that's how I want to see them kind of thing. Mm. Like my mom would say I'm her baby girl, but deep down inside, she know, I, <laughs> I am a fucking baby girl. <laughs> um, but I mean, yes, yeah, so I just, with friends, I feel like all of my friends already knew. So my closest friends, for the most part, mm-hmm. um, it was just like, oh, okay, you want me to call you Rob? Got it. Uh, you want right. to say that? Got it. There was no, like real deep discussion unless I chose to have one. Right. Uh, there was no question. I didn't have to explain myself. I didn't have to defend myself or justify myself that it just was what it was. And that was it. Right. Uh, with some other friends, they'll even to this day, they'll still refer to me as she, they'll still refer to me as like my dead name. Mm. And I just feel like with people like that, you know, not everybody's good for everything. So I just, I pick and choose the kind of conversations that I have with those people. And I still will consider them my friends. I just don't consider them the kind of friends as the people who truly understand me. Right. Right. 
No, so I, I just don't feel like the, I did the whole, it's very insane when they would call me she, or I'd say, my name is Rob, my name is Rob, introduce me as Rob. It's just, it just, after a point, it just gets tiring. And it's a lot of energy. Like yeah, it's a lot of energy. And then it's like, okay, are you listening? And do you even care? It's that part. Yeah. Do you care? It's not a big enough deal for you. You, you feel like at some point, oh, oh my God, look, they're coming around. But these guys said they're not. Right. And it's just, I think I accept it, that this is how they are, and I leave it or I take it. Right. And honestly, I don't have a lot of people in my life, so I do sometimes just take it and, mm. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just, it, and it's it's funny how, like, even just now when I was having a hard time, you're like, do you want me to present it in a different way? Like... I think the way that I typically tell people about like the whole like doing dead names or not respecting people's pronouns. And I feel like the only way for a lot of people to understand is like I, I present it as divorce. So I'll say like, say that you were working with Ms. Brown and Ms. Brown like <laughs> was ha- was in a relationship that she no longer wanted to be in a relationship. Like she got a divorce. Like she's no longer with that person. And she's asked you at work now to call her Ms. Green. And you keep being like, Hey, Ms. Brown, Miss Brown for a while is going to be like, oh, that's okay. Like, Miss Green is going to be like, that's all right because, hey, I get it. Like, this is a new shit for you. But, like, 10 and 20 times down the line, it's like, now you don't care. And they're asking you to stop doing that for a reason. So respect it. And, like, typically when I tell people that, they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, if if you need to make it an abusive relationship, that that person was leaving in order for you to really understand it. Like put it in those terms in your head. But like, this is literally what we mean when we say like, just do the thing that the person asked you to do. Like you don't need to understand the full history and background. Yes. Cause it's not that hard. I'm not asking <laughs> you to change your name. I'm asking you to change your vocabulary. I'm just asking you to refer to me differently. And right. practice makes perfect. We still be fucking up. I still be fucking up. I, sometimes I do refer, refer to myself as she. Yeah. But also, it's because I'm referred to as she so much. Yeah. It's just me, and depending on who I'm talking to, I refer to myself as she. Like, if I'm talking about something in the military, the context yeah. of that, or something with my family. Right. They ain't gonna call me they. Right. So I just, I, I put it the way they do. And yeah. it's like, it's, it'd be weird, but. Also, yes, people don't care, and I have to reserve my energy because I have way too much going on in my life to give energy to things like that. Yeah, right. The context of of how you... Yeah, definitely the context of who you're talking to. Because, yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, I don't have time for all this. Like, And I don't feel like educating you, which is why, like, when leaving, like, trying to pick this topic for the show, I was like, do I even want... Like, it's just mad disrespectful to be like, can you teach us about you? Like, there's just so many resources. So I battled back and forth. But then I was like, no, people just really don't get it. Like, let's have a conversation about it. And there's honestly not even, unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources really Mm. that explain it in a way that is understandable for somebody who's very new to all of them. Right, right. This isn't like this isn't something that is new and booming. Like it might look new (laughs) and it might look booming, but it's such a small percent of the population that the literature, the research, it's not there. Right. So that's why I don't mind because 
Somebody got to do the work, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Black people with coochies do the work, so here I am. Well, we appreciate it. So what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions folks have when it comes to being agender? I think that a big misconception is that there is no conception of it. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold, you're getting real deep now. You're getting real deep. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that, so when I mentioned agender, yeah. as you said, uh, it's, it's, it's not a new term. I wouldn't say it's a new term. I would just say it's a very, a, a way less frequently used term. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally have not met another person who's agender ever. Um, mm. besides like maybe one or two on like social media of my thousands of followers. So right. I don't, think that it's a very widespread term, but it's, it's definitely not new. Mm. However, um, that people, because it's not uh, a lot, a lot of people don't use it. A lot of people just literally don't know what it is. Mm. So a lot of the times it always requires an explanation, even to some people who are transgender in another kind of way. Yes. Um, uh, so that is one misconception, that there is no conception. Mm. Another misconception is that Asian the people don't experience gender dysphoria. And I can definitely say that is not true. We may not experience gender dysphoria in binary terms. Mm. Like I am a woman, but I have a penis and I experience dysphoria knowing that I have this penis Mm. or I am a man, but I have breasts and I experience dysphoria knowing that I have breasts and haven't seen my breasts. Mm. I think that, Asian people who experience dysphoria experience it in a variety of ways. And one way that I experienced dysphoria, um, and this is something that I came to, a conclusion that came to recently that I haven't read about and I haven't like posted or talked about it. So I don't know what other people think, but mm-hmm. I experienced it as people who are considered non-binary. There's a look that yeah. you think of that comes with that. It's um, a very androgynous look. Yeah. So or they got the or they got the bangs. People, pardon? I said I always know this like white like white non non-binary folks have like the bangs. It's like a very like I just got bangs. I got this haircut. It's very <laughs> like I got yeah, the short. It's, it's it's almost like a white a white feminist. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, it's like um it's like the it's like a it's like a sassier Justin Bieber cut. I always like to I, I always yes. see it. And I'm like, "Okay, okay. I mean, if that's the cut, I, I okay, the cool. non-binary um, <laughs> But then, with, within like the the people of color community, POC community, non-binary would look like um, a lot of non-binary people that are models or uh, rappers or any kind of just like socially famous mm. have small breasts, and their breasts are so small that they don't have to hide them. <gasps> like they don't have to wear binders. Didn't even um, realize. They don't have to press them down. Their breasts are just typically small because they're typically slender. So mm. they don't typically have a very effeminate body, like mm. wide hips of fat ass and right. huge boobs. That's what I look like. Um, <laughs> so I can go up to somebody and say, hey, I'm non-binary. But that's not the picture that when they think of non-binary that they see in their head. Right. They think of somebody who's a lot more androgynous presenting. I can try, but I can't hide that biologically I'm female Mm -hmm. without hormones. Mm -hmm. I have high-ass cheekbones and glowing skin and 
you know, nice set of boots, a yeah. really big butt. And <laughs> even with very tight clothes and wearing blinders, I still have a very feminine figure. Mm. So I experienced that kind of feminine story of, I don't want, I, it, it was so hard for me to look so effeminate and, but not feel so effeminate. Mm. Like to look like a woman and not feel like a woman, but not the desire to look like a man. And not even the desire to necessarily like want to lose these things. But right. You put them away. <laughs> right. Let me sit in a drawer. Like, let me these titties off. Like, I don't want to wear them right now. Right. So we do experience them dysphoria. People might not look the same as um, it does for other people. Um, wow. And I think those are the two biggest things. See, it's, yeah. it's just so interesting because, like, when I'm on your Instagram, I see, like, I see, like, some of your pictures and I see, like, you know, the like pink hair. And I'm like, Oh, all right. They're very, they're very feminine. Some like they can go feminine. And I see like some pictures it's like, Oh, this is a very mass, you know, masculine look, or, you know, you're wearing a dress here. And so it's interesting. It's interesting, but also clothes have nothing to do with how you present your, like present yourself. Like that's just, that'd be my gender expression. So, I can say that up until okay, so let me even little other history lesson, yeah, other like yeah. knowledge points. So gender expression and gender identity are still they're connected, but they're not hand in hand. Right. So you can present and express yourself what somebody would consider womanly, consider feminine, but that doesn't mean inherently you identify as a woman. Got it. Okay. Yes. Cool. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that. So means- <laughs> my- my gender expression is now, it wasn't always like this for a very long time, like possibly if I'm 27, maybe 20 years of my life, if, if not more than that, my gender expression wasn't so feminine. Yeah. It was very masculine it, or, or somewhere in between, like maybe a, a button up with some leggings or I like to wear ties and stuff, mm-hmm. like really somewhere in between. I don't know if that was me um, uh, trying to project what I saw right. as being, you know, not binary or if that's how I really felt. But maybe like when I turned 22, 23, right. when I was in college and I started learning, like I'm going to dress how the fuck I really feel. And that Period. is going to make me less agender. Right. Because that's how I felt. I felt like if I presented more feminine, that it would take away from how I felt. But I still feel the same. Right. But I also know I look good, and I look <laughs> extra good when I'm wearing this fashion Nova dress. And I look super good when I'm in my leggings. But that doesn't change how I feel. Yeah, it doesn't change. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change anything on the inside. It's just this is how this is. The, these are literally the clothes that I want to wear today. Precisely, and this, this is, is and that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, I, I just don't. I don't post everything. I don't post a lot on Instagram. Right. But on my stories, if you like constantly watch my stories you see it, it ebbs and flows i just prefer to post those pictures because that's when i feel the sexiest yes but that doesn't necessarily mean that's when i feel the most complete yes okay so there were there were a few things that i want to go back to one one of them being the gender dysphoria like i so when i was like trying to do research for this show i had a i for some reason i had an issue with the gender dysphoria, like, because when I, if you just type in a gender in Google, I feel like the first couple articles are like, let's talk to this 
a gender person or like, let's, you know, just a, a scientific stuff. Right. And so one of the pages that came up was just an article that someone was writing and they talked to a psychologist, of course. And the psychologist was like, a gender falls under gender dysphoria. <laughs> I was like, and for some reason, I just had, I just had like a reaction because I don't feel like in the way that in the way that the definition for gender dysphoria was, it was just very like this person is having a hard time and they could be like cutting themselves and like they don't like what they see. And like and the definition was a condition where a person experiences discomfort or distress because there's a mismatch between their biological sex and gender identity. And I I don't know, like, I don't know if it has to be fraught in this like distress or this like I'm having and I'm feeling uncomfortable I just feel like I feel like that's everyone else's issue I feel like it's everyone else's issue putting it on the person because they're expecting this person like you're saying to show up in some sort of way or to be something or to dress up as something that they are probably we're going to be okay with anyway so those are my thought, my discombobulated thoughts, but I just really I just really hated how almost all the audit, all the articles that I read were like this is under gender dysphoria. It's under gender dysphoria. Yeah, I don't know. Um I've never seen that before. It's interesting, <laughs> but I don't know if it's under gender dysphoria as in um people who experience who experience gender dysphoria are also agender. No, it was, it was, so the, the context of the article was like, I was, it was like, you know, the person, the interviewer was asking like, how would you classify being a gender? And the psychologist in the article was like, being a gender is this, and it is on the gender dysphoria spectrum. I was like, why? I mean, I guess that must mean like, um, when you're in between, I don't know. I guess. Like, it's just like when you're in between trying to find out which gender you belong to, and I guess maybe temporarily you might feel as if you have no gender because there's a disconnect of how you look and how you yeah how you look and how you feel. I prefer I prefer what you just said. Like I just didn't like how, and I guess I just don't like period how a lot of these conversations come up, and it's it's always like rather than it being like this person they felt these feelings and they, you know, were trying to find the words for it or trying to like find their place. And, you know, just like any, anybody, I feel like it's always framed in this like pain, discomfort, distress, and you got to find yourself. And it was so hard. And if only people would accept you, I was like, I was like, can it just be like this person was like, I feel this way, or I don't feel like I fit in these boxes. Hmm, what is that? All right, let me go on my quest to find out, rather than it being the negative. And I don't know, it could be me just getting mad deep into it, but that's the way I feel like a lot of these conversations are like, they're placed in this in this negative type of, you know, perception. So I think that a person can have a non-negative journey yeah. throughout gender, but I think in the context of gender dysphoria, the reason why it's phrased with distress is because that is a specific kind of distress. 
mm. that not every trans transgender person feels, mm. but a lot of them do. So you can have a transgender transgender journey or just a journey of throughout gender in general without feeling gender dysphoria, but that doesn't mean that other people don't feel like that intense discomfort and distress. Like you have to understand of looking at your body in the mirror. And it's one thing to look at your body in the mirror and say, wow, I don't like the way my stomach looks. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way my leg looks. I look, I wish I was larger. I wish I was smaller. But then it's another thing to say, these are breasts that I can't just, I can't just hide. Right. I have to remove them. Right. Having these breasts, cause me like extreme discomfort because I look like a woman. Right. Because that's what women have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't, I'm not a woman, but I still have these breasts, but I, I don't got the money to just get it removed. They still going to be on my chest. I have 40 double D's. Right. So that will cause you extreme right. discomfort. Right. It will cause you um, to have a, a, a disconnect in literally how you look and how you feel. Not everybody feels that way though. Yeah. But okay. I think it is important to have that language to describe that journey because it's important to really build the vocabulary and to also understand the difference. Definitely. Because not that people um, feel proud to have gender dysphoria, but it's definitely a point uh, that trans people, um, it's something that trans people feel that they can connect through. Right. So I can tell you about my dysphoria. You can tell me about yours and how do you deal with it? Because not everybody has access to the same resources. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I could see that. I was in my feelings. I was in my feelings. I was like, <laughs> why? I was like, can I just read an article where someone's like, hey, I am who I am. All right, cool. Like, I, I think it's I... Just, it's, just, it's not necessary. <laughs> gender dysphoria isn't necessary to be transgender. Uh, <laughs> but gender dysphoria is necessary to be transgender legally in order for them to treat you. Get the hell out of here! Giving hormones. Oh shit! I don't think I, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So it, in order, like, let's say that I was a uh, trans masculine or a uh, trans man, and I wanted hormones to actually do gender reassignment, mm-hmm. right? And that would be me changing my gender um, legally, as well as like my physical appearance changing my gender marker. So I would go to a psychologist. I wouldn't go to like a doctor. I would go to like a psychologist. Um, and then I tell them about the gender dysphoria that I feel. And they would say, okay, cool. You do have gender dysphoria, which is a criteria for me to give you testosterone. Cause I can't just give you testosterone. Shut up. Cause also testosterone could be like a little risky. And then if you're not sure that you want to transition, you may have undesired effects that you can't get rid of. Yeah. So if you're like, oh shit, I didn't want to transition to be more masculine, but now I have a beard. Right. Or now I lost my breath. I lost my head. I didn't want this. This is an unwanted transition. It takes a lot of counseling because it's not just the uh, testosterone. It's a lot of counseling that gotcha. also goes with it too. Because there's a lot of changes. But what do you, okay, so how do you feel about like one's agency when it comes to that, though, because I would feel like, say that I'm a person and I'm very clear, like, listen, like, this ain't working out for me. I know, like, I've always, you know, felt like a man. I want to do the physical changes so that, you know, that's expressed, etc. Like, and I have to go through all of the, all of these sessions to tell somebody like, oh, 
I don't think I was born in the right body. Like, doesn't that take away one's agency and like you really knowing who you are? It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's ways. There's ways to go about it. Yeah. That, you, of course, you know, like like back in the day, you don't have to go to a doctor. But it's yes. Best, best <laughs> I forgot um, about this. Yes. Yeah. Not that I'm advocating it, but Absolutely. people do this shit anyway. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. If you really, but, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, it is what it is. But <laughs> it does take away your, your agency. I definitely believe that. Um, but I, I do kind of understand mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, you have to know what you're fully getting into. You said what? You said, uh, like, as in saying that you understand, I added on that you have to know what you're getting into. Yes, yeah. because it, it's a it's a big it's a big change. You can be taking um, estrogen, and then you start going breast, and then you start having gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. you got breast, and now you're confused. You right. Know? Um, I, I think that, but I'm sure that there's ways um, within the healthcare system, mm-hmm. probably in different states or whatever, that you can still, of course, get um, hormones. Because you can get hormones uh, saying that I identify as transmasculine, and I don't. My, I have a couple friends who don't feel like they're trans men, but they do feel like they're transmasculine. But I'm sure that they didn't go to the psycholo- psychologist and be like, no, I'm a man. Like, they yeah. explained. And I'm sure there was still some kind of... Because if you want to change your appearance in that way, you probably still do have some level of dysphoria. Mm. It mm. might not be, like, extreme to the point where you want to kill yourself, because that happens, but you still have some kind of level of dysphoria because there's there's something that you want to change about your gender. Because you can be dysmorphic about your body and get plastic surgery. Right. But And you could also be, you know, have dysphoria about your, your gender and want to change little things here and there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's ways around it. But, like, for that real full transition and shit, most psychologists say you got to have gender dysphoria in order for me to take care of you. So did you make a difference? Did you differentiate between... You said that there's a difference between trans man and trans masculine? Yeah, so like a trans man would be somebody who I was born a female, identified woman at birth, but now I'm a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. A trans masculine person would be like, I just I just identify as a masculine person, not necessarily as a man, so I'm not taking on all the roles and responsibilities of a man. Right. I'm taking on the identity of a masculine person. Okay. Okay. I could. I, I could say. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. You know, so like, let's say like for trans a trans person, um, typically would be somebody who was like male at birth, um, but does wear like. And this is definitely. I wouldn't even say typical. The trans feminine people I know, mm-hmm. um, they wear makeup. They would wear dresses, but they wouldn't shave their beards. Oh. Uh, they wouldn't shave their arms. Well, not that, you know, I don't shave my armpits, but they wouldn't shave their armpits. <laughs> they got mad hair under their armpits. They don't shave their legs. Right. But they would wear makeup. They may wear wigs, but they're not in drag. Right. They're just trans feminine. It's just, it's just, it's... And a trans masculine person, does it, they, they like their breasts. They don't mind their breasts. Uh, not, okay, not a trans, the trans masculine people I know. Yeah, right. Don't really mind their breasts. They might find them sometimes, but not all the time. Um, but they do prefer to have a beard. 
So they they do testosterone to have a beard and to 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 deepen their voice to not have such a high voice. But they don't feel like they're men. They don't have a longing to be a man. man right. They have a longing to be more masculine. That yeah, I don't. Ah, Rob, you doing it? You just you got me. <laughs> telling you, two o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna be like, uh huh. I'm putting all these uh-huh moments. <laughs> And I just want to say, I'm not speaking for all trans feminine people or trans masculine people. This is just the the cues that I have from my friends who are such. Absolutely. But I know it looks different for everybody. So how is it dating and, yeah, meeting people? So, I mean, now it, it depends on who who I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm with somebody who I don't feel comfortable, like, like I know it would be like an a actual lesson, mm-hmm. like an actual class to teach you about anything, <laughs> I, I know it ain't going to work. Right. So we just fuck it, you know? We just, <laughs> we just putting the D in the V and uh, calling it a day. Because <laughs> I know it ain't going to go nowhere. Because you don't Cause really care. You don't much. really care. Yeah, yeah, it's no point in getting into it. I right. feel like if they were to ask me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind explaining. However, I don't feel the need to bring that up. Gotcha. Okay. Whatever, because people, people gotta, people got their needs, and I be having my needs. Right. However, if there's somebody that I'm taking more seriously, and as I said, this has only been a journey that I've been going through for maybe about four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had I had a boyfriend with a two-year relationship. That was my longest relationship because I'm out here. Um, <laughs> we, so I was going through the journey while I was with him. Um, and so at first, I identified as a woman. Yeah. Um, so he would call me like his lesbian girlfriend. And then after a oh. while, I didn't like it. Yeah, no. I'm like, I'm not a lesbian. Yeah, that's not what this is. This is not what this is. Yeah, but I think it was like his way, because we, ha- we both didn't have the language for it. And it was his way of describing me, because I'm not a tomboy. Yeah, right. And I've never really felt I was such. Um, but it was his way of describing me of not quite being a woman but still being his partner. Okay. We were just really trying to find the language. And we played with androgynous. And I think after we broke up, I came to the term agender. Gotcha. Um, but he was respectful of it, and we just journeyed through it. And now, as my friend, he calls me Rob, but still finds himself saying she. Gotcha. But I'm like, whatever. I ain't going ain't to fight you, even though I want to. Um, my, sec- like, my relationship after that, um, I dealt with a cishet uh, man who refused to call me Rob, um, oh. called me a tranny at what? one point in time. No. Um, yeah, it was very odd because, of course, we've had sex. I've known him since I was 15, um, and I told him about, you know, the age and the da 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 and he said, I need to know whether or not I'm dealing with a tranny. I don't know why I stayed with that motherfucker, but I did. <laughs> but that's something that happened. He apologized very, uh, whatever. It was a red flag. Yeah, right. It was a red flag. Um, and it did hurt. It's them two o'clock in the morning thoughts. Th- it's them two o'clock in the morning thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that was a two o'clock <laughs> in the morning thought. And like another misconception is that agender or non-binary people don't experience the T word. Because mm. I do. Oh, I do. Oh. I, don't, I don't hear that shit no more because I don't play that shit. But right. I did. In the beginning of my journey, uh, I was called a tranny a lot. 
and it was very hurtful. Right. So right. we do. Please don't say that. If don't just don't say it. Just if you're transgender, like do, do you boo? If you're not, you're gonna say the fucking t word, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, with my last boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, he identified this our relationship as a queer relationship which I think was pretty accurate as I wasn't a woman and he was a man, ergo, it was pretty queer. Um, and that was cool. He referred to me as Rob. Um, he did not, the pronouns with me were fine. However, he, when he would um, have me like around his coworkers, they referred to me as she a lot. Mm. And I always wondered if he referred to me as she when he was talking to them. Oh. And they also referred to me as a nickname that, I, he, he knew me as years ago. I'm like, you haven't called me that in years. Why are they calling me that? I know they didn't get that from social media. Mm. So it's just still a, a learning process of dating a non-binary person to respect their agency immediately as opposed to once you kind of get a grip on it. Right, right. There should have been no reason to introduce me as anything other than Rob. Um, yeah. So my boyfriend now... Uh, Come on, boyfriends! Yeah, I, I just be like, I be, I be dating, man. You be out be to out the here. next. I like um, it. I've even like skipped a couple of relationships <laughs> in the class. I just be a lot of relationships. <laughs> just make be serious. Um, so I have a boyfriend now. Uh, he identifies as a bisexual man. Um, but then when and he's he's so perfect. He's so gorgeous. I hope that I don't listen to this podcast one day and be like, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> but, now he's great um and he once we started dating i think and i'm going to talk to you about this this is a good point to bring up the relationship i feel like him dating me made him question his uh sexual orientation hmm. um he's like okay cool am i bisexual and i'm for me personally i don't feel like you must be something uh, like sexually, right? Like I don't feel like just because you're dating me changes everything. Because deep down inside, I do got a vagina, right? Um, I think you should respect the fact that I'm agender. However, I don't think that if that is a term that's comfortable for you, you should have to change it. If it's comfortable for you, it should still be comfortable for you, right? Right. Like maybe he could explore the term pansexual, which is all encompassing of all gender identities. Right. But bisexual can be that too, because. Some people feel like bisexual um, just means you're like people who are you and people who aren't you. Yeah, yeah. I I don't feel like that sometimes, and so I never really wanted that use that word to describe me because it just never felt right. Because right. like I never I was attracted to a trans woman like when I was like sixteen. Right. And I'm like that's just that she wasn't a woman. But then I started realizing like the way that gender plays with um, the way that gender plays with sexual orientation, that bisexual became limiting, because then it went from trans women to non-binary people and androgynous people. I'm like, well, if they're not a woman or a man, how can I say bi? But whatever, it's a whole other conversation. Um, but yes, he, he had a, a hard time in the beginning, um, even though he met me like only six months ago, and I've never referred to myself as anything other than they, them, and Rob. He had a hard time, like, not referring to me as she for a long time. Mm. Um, he finally got his shit together after a few months, but it took him a minute. Um, but then with him, with his parents, he's like, so what should I tell my parents? 
like, tell your parents you got a girlfriend. Let's make this shit easy. Because I guarantee you, when we get married, they're going to say kiss the bride, and I'm going to be wearing the dress. So there's no point in even opening them up to this conversation. Right. I just, um, right. Context, power, like, it's just so many layers. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's more of like a, you get to, I get to choose. I felt like, I felt like at times that he was outing me um, Mm. to people and the people that it didn't make a difference to, like uh, his roommate or his parents or his family members. Like, I didn't feel like you had to tell them I was a gender because that's my, it's mine. Like, I don't feel the need to tell my mother that he's bisexual because that's his. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference. Um, the, the, I felt like that is something that I should say if I feel like it. Right. And on top of that, we're together, so what other questions would people have? Like and who cares? Yeah, like they they see me and they're like, Okay, cool, like I think this person got a vagina, they look like they got a vagina, you got a dick, so I guess we all good in the hood, right? Like that means you're not gay. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, just, they, it's past, unnecessary. Past that, nobody cares. Past that, nobody cares. Right. I think that it was a very, a very new experience for him. Um, and in his confusion, he outed me. Right. Um, but then I, I finally, because, you know, it's a still kind of a hard place for me, but I did have the conversation of, you know what, just don't do that. Um, right. You know, if there's a, like, if you're in conversation, like, with your friends, like, yeah, like, I'm telling you that my voice is bisexual, and I'm telling everybody who listens to your podcast that my voice is bisexual. <laughs> However, this isn't um, something that's political. This isn't something that can change the terms of an agreement, because right. nobody knows who my boyfriend is. Um, this isn't something that's going to affect the dynamic of our family. Right. This isn't something that's going to have um, a lasting effect on anything that has to do with him. Right. But for me, on the other hand, if you're telling your family, uh, they might be like, okay, cool. I already passed judgment on this person, even though I never met them. Right, right. You telling your your landlord or your roommate, they already think that I am what I'm not, and they already have this preconceived notion that I'm going to walk in looking crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just, unnecessary. Now that you say it, it's just completely unnecessary because your family is just going to meet the person that I'm just bringing to you. So there's really no need... Yeah to do this whole, like, and this is who they are, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Like, you can. I guarantee you, once they meet me, they're going to just call me by, they're not going to call me Bob. Mm. <laughs> they're going to go, what name does your mother give you? Ugh. That's what I'm calling you, and that's going to be it. I guarantee you. And I'd want to fight. Like, call me what I told you to F to call me. Like, but what if, but but the thing is, it's like, because I think Rob is such a, like, people see Rob as such a, like, masculine, like, only men are named Rob or Robert. I think that, that, like, people don't equate that same kind of thing. Like, if I, if you met, if we met and you were like, call me TC, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a name. And I don't have to go any further than that, but I think maybe because, like, the name is so, quote, masculine, people are like, what's that all about? What's that, dog? What are you doing? Yeah, it makes them uncomfortable. Right. To say that and look at me. (laughs) You're like, I'm not looking at a Rob right now, but, like, if it was an acronym or anything else or two letters or 
initials. Like, people would just say it. People would just make it happen. And, no. And I say, hey, my name is Rob. They go, is it Roberta? No. It's like, no, it's Rob. Is it Robin? <laughs> it's Rob. What's it short for? Is that your actual name? Is that a nickname? And it's like... Yo, I would be so okay. damn annoyed. Like, what is wrong? It's very tiring. Um, and even... Even to the point where there's somebody who um, is the president of this group that I trained with, um, very serious woman, firefighter, and she's like, everybody calls me Rob. She just met me. Hey, I'm Rob. Okay, but no, what's your real name? What, may, what name did your mother give you? And I'm like, okay, cool. I have to be a special in environment, so I guess it's my first name. But she was going to find out anyway, and I, I, it, I didn't mind her knowing because she was going to help me throughout this process, but she did it in front of everybody. Um, but I gave her my name. I called her yesterday, and I said, hey, this is such and such, my birthday. And she goes, oh, hey, Rob. Mm. All of that? And you still call me Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a performance for her. It was her performing her authority and saying, I'm going to call you whatever I want to. That, yo, fight. So that's like, you know, it's just be complicated. Fight. But anyway, that's my date in life. It'd be people trying and not trying. And, but he's trying. I, I do appreciate it. And after I told him to respect, you know, my, my privacy, he has. And he's like, cool, I ain't going to say nothing to nobody else besides the people I raised that shit to. That's the thing. Like, cool. I think, yeah, I think with anything in a relationship, like, as long as you're willing to listen and respect, like, that's, you know, that's all we can, that's all we can ask for. So, ugh, yo, Fight! I'm sorry, I'm still there. I want to fight on site. Just do the thing that I asked you. <laughs> do the thing that I asked you to do. Oh my gosh! All right, so bare minimum. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. No, I'm saying bare minimum. Bare minimum. Do what I asked you to do. <laughs> um. So I got two more questions to ask. We're all, we're almost at the end. I learned so much. Like. So much where I'm still, I'm going to be like hopping in my car. I'm going to be sitting in bed and being like, wait, I got to run this back because wow. So where can listeners find you? Do you have any upcoming events and how can we support your work? Okay. So you can find me on my birthday. All right, cool. You can find <laughs> me on Instagram. I'm sorry, I just have to come out. Um, at clint.yeetwood. Um, on Twitter at Robbie underscore God. If you want to see my art, I do a lot of art that focus on that focuses on feminine bodies. Yes. And I recently started a project that focused because I usually paint myself because like I'm that cute. Oh, but okay. I decided to <laughs> to start photographing people who are not of the standard body size and who are not the ideal figure um, in order to paint them. So I'll be painting more. Different kinds of people that. other than people that look like me. Because yeah. honestly, I have the ideal body type. Like, I have a small waist, I have a large butt, mm-hmm. I have very toned arms, and I work out every day. And I'm like, this is not what people look like. You're so, right. Trying to be representative of the population. No, but I so, like that because uh, for me, it's important to see other people's bodies because we don't see enough of non quote unquote standard or whatever model bodies mm-hmm. and so i think it's and when you so see important. them they're super sexualized yeah no i think that's so, this, so important yeah this is just like a way to capture the uh 
it's the, the, the normalness, yeah. like, the normalness of everybody, because no, everybody's normal. Like, you are entitled to feel sexy, just not because, you don't have to feel sexy because people are telling you that you're sexy, and you're not, not sexy just because you don't look like the girls in the plus size model ads, because they don't look like other women look. Yeah. Right, like it even like what I look like. right, <laughs> even the women in the plus size model eyes. Like that was the next point I was going to make is that like they still have like flat stomach. Like it's still right, and, right, and people are still like a size you know twenty four, and they're like, but my belly like pokes out all the way down and droops right. down. So what's up? What are you talking about? What right. is this? What is this lie you're feeding us? I'm not here trying to break the lie, y'all. I love so it. If you want to support me, you can go on my art page. And also, if you follow my regular Instagram, I post, because I'll be posting that much art, but I do have an arsenal of it. But you can buy some art from me because the bitch is poor. I love um, I also have a podcast <laughs> at In A Whole Uprising. Yeah. On Instagram at In A Whole Uprising without the D on Twitter. Love. Um come through we make great fucking content we also do have uh episodes with trans masculine uh one of my high school sweethearts i was in love with him um <laughs> but i have a trans masculine person that i interviewed um i did an episode many moons ago on um being a gender and gender identities and we do have a lot of transgender based episodes and just good episodes in general so if you want to educate yourself yes go go on the podcast go through that's some good shit They're um excellent. yeah that's it Yes. All right. So my last what was the other question? My oh, last no, question. No, I haven't even asked you yet. My last question was how do you build your vagisteen? I build my vagisteen by you know, you you said this, I should have thought about it and I didn't. <laughs> but we finna we finna wing it. We finna wing it. You can wing I it. I build my vagisteen by creating space for myself. Yeah. Come on. I yes. know that I am not welcome in a lot of spaces. I dance when I welcome in a fucking fire department. Okay. But here I am, busting through these doors as strong as I can be, stronger than the men that I train with. Um, oh, and I also make sure I take up as much space as I feel like it. Um, I don't minimize myself anymore. I make sure that I feel full. Yes. I'm tired of feeling small. Ooh. Pop that cookie. Oh, that, <laughs> ooh, that answer. Yeah, ooh, I loved it. I loved it. Rob, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for um being late to your training to do this <laughs> podcast with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for just taking the time to educate us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for listening. Yay! All right, I'll talk to you later.